Grace O'Malley, the Pirate Queen Once upon a time, Ireland was home to many legends of the land. Celebrating the history of this ancient isle, our audiobook series will tell you the stories of some important female legends, so their legacies will continue to live on. Skoda is proud to serve the next generation of little legends on their own journeys through life. In this episode, the courageous pirate queen Grace O'Malley takes center stage. Join her on this seafaring adventure where she seeks a meeting with Queen Elizabeth I. Grace O'Malley squinted out to sea, scanning the horizon beyond the islands of Clue Bay. Behind her, the four stone stories of Rockfleet Castle loomed tall and strong, casting a dark shadow over the waves creeping in towards it. The castle was only accessible by foot during low tide, and it was one of the things that Grace loved best about her home. The daughter of a seafaring chieftain, the sea was in Grace's blood. From an early age, she had spent her life on the ocean, earning a fierce reputation as a ruthless trader and sailor. Over time, she had also earned the nickname the Pirate Queen. There is no sign of a ship. A reply has still not come, Grace said not bothering to lift her skirts out of the shallow waves. I must go to England. I must meet with Queen Elizabeth I in person. Maybe a letter will arrive tomorrow, her maid replied. It'd be too dangerous to try without an official invitation. Few people are granted a meeting with the English Queen. Can you wait one more day? Grace frowned. Her coarse grey hair swirled in the breeze. Time is running out, she replied. If I delay any further, Lord Bingham will charge my son Chibod with treason, my brother too. She paused and sighed, remembering her eldest son who had already been killed by the English governor of Connacht. As you know, Bingham has been targeting the O'Malley's for years. He has already stolen land and cattle, if I am to protect my title, my family, and what's left of our worldly possessions, this is my best hope. But you have been accused of treason also, and there's a plague in London. What will become of you? Grace smiled, deep wrinkles creasing around her eyes and lips. She pointed to the dark blue horizon. Do not worry. I am used to danger after a lifetime on the sea. And anyway, she reached inside her cloak and pulled out a letter. I have this. It was an introduction letter from her friend, Black Tom Butler, the 10th Earl of Ormond, and a distant relative of the Queen. It was addressed to Queen Elizabeth I's most trusted adviser, Lord Treasurer Burley, asking him to grant Grace safe passage and support. It is well known that Black Tom is one of the Queen's favourites, the letter will ensure my safety, but it will also help to secure an audience. 
The maid nodded, knowing that her mistress would not back down. Despite her age, Grace's strength and courage had never failed her. The maid had witnessed her raise rebellions, lead raids, and single-handedly command 200 men aboard three powerful gangs. In an Ireland ravaged by fighting clans and a world ruled by men, Grace had earned her reputation as one of the most powerful leaders on land and sea. I will send your personal belongings to the ship, the maid said, before turning back towards the castle. Her mind set, Grace headed straight to her waiting ships and climbed aboard. There were three galleys in total, with each holding thirty sets of oars, a hundred shot and plentiful supplies. As usual, Grace's men were hungry for action. Grace looked at her crew, assessing their mood. A clever leader, she knew that she had to keep her men happy. But if she was to see her family freed and her other demands met, the trip to England had to remain peaceful. And so, she gathered her men and explained the journey's purpose, with the promise of treasure along the way. Within the hour, they had set sail. The weather was kind and the skies clear as they sailed out of Clue Bay, carefully navigating the hidden rocks. Blue-green waves crashed against the hull, dolphins leapt in the wash from the boat, and gulls cried overhead. Grace stood on the deck, skirts flapping behind her as she stared out at the Irish Sea. Behind her, her other ships followed, and the shores of Clare Island grew distant. Although she loved her home, she had spent her adult life fighting to protect it. Grace didn't once look back. Instead, she kept her eyes fixed on the horizon and the tricky journey ahead. With almost half a century of seafaring behind her, sailing to England was easy enough. Yet Grace's mind was alive with worry. Thanks to Bingham, she had already been imprisoned in both Limerick and Dublin, and with multiple charges of piracy and treason still upon her head, she had no idea what kind of reception she would receive. There was so much at stake, and yet she had no idea whether she would even get to meet Queen Elizabeth I at all, especially since a terrible plague was raging across London, and the Queen had moved to her Greenwich residence along the River Thames but risking her own life to save that of her sons was all part of being a mother and of being a pirate queen. So Grace swallowed her fears and concentrated on making sure they made a safe crossing. It was a bright sunny day in July 1593 when Grace docked in England and presented her credentials. As soon as Lord Burley read her introduction letter, he offered a friendly welcome for Grace and her men and Grace was allowed into court, but not to see the Queen. It took time to gain Lord Burley's trust, and like other visitors to court, she had to respond to 18 questions about her life and past. Despite the treason charges, Grace didn't mention her piracy, raids, or uprising against the English in Ireland. Instead, knowing that the Queen was of a similar age, she talked about her advancing years, her trading experience by land and sea, and the need for her land and cattle to be reinstated. Lord Burley was impressed by the ageing lady's manner, and in late summer the same year, Grace was finally granted an audience with Queen Elizabeth. 
As Grace sailed down the River Thames towards Greenwich Palace, she stood up tall and proud in her best dress, even though her heart was thumping. Reaching the palace, she stared up at its many turrets and towers. Although it made her own small shorefront castle seem small, it made her long for home. As she was led through the halls, Grace kept her face blank, despite her excitement and fears. Her chance to end Bingham's campaign against her family had arrived, and she was determined to succeed. There was a raging fire in Queen Elizabeth's huge reception room. The walls were hung with colourful tapestries, and the hundreds of candles gave the room a soft glow. When the two women came face to face, Queen Elizabeth looked every inch a royal, with rich fabrics and elaborate wig, and her ageing face dusted with white powder and bright red lipstick. Meanwhile, the harsh conditions of seafaring life and her quality but practical dress marked Grace as a true queen of the high seas. Both women were proud and confident leaders in their own way, and they were both used to wielding power and being obeyed. Each woman met the other's steady gaze, Then Grace gave a polite half-curtsy and took her seat, ready to make her petition. Queen Elizabeth listened carefully to Grace's complaints against the men stationed in Ireland under the English crown. Wording her complaints carefully, any insult against the crown's men could be seen as an insult against the Queen. Grace explained how English officials like Bingham tried to instigate rebellion among Irish chieftains so they could forcibly take their land. She described how cattle, crops and land were stolen, their previous owners left poor and hungry. She spoke openly of unfair arrests and the harsh treatment of prisoners. Finally, Grace pleaded for the well-being of herself and her family. I ask for my lands to be returned and my family released, Grace explained. Bingham killed one son and has imprisoned another, along with my brother. I am an old woman and I wish to live in peace, with my children providing for me, as is just and right. But your men force me to act by sea and by land, when I want, in truth, a simple farming life. And what will you give me in return? asked Queen Elizabeth. Now, this was a time before Ireland was united, and Grace's allegiance was to her own needs and to the future of her family. It was a time of survival. My loyalty, Grace replied. I have been forced to maintain my independence in any way necessary. But with your support, I will happily give up my former ways and live a simple life. In return... I will be your loyal subject. Queen Elizabeth remained silent and stared straight at her guest. Under her intense stare, Grace was careful not to fidget or fumble. She waited patiently, her hands on her lap and her gaze on the fire. We are both remarkable women, Queen Elizabeth said eventually, breaking the silence. We have forged our own way in a man's world. I admit that I admire you. Thank you, replied Grace, 
meeting her eye. Is it true that when you were a child, your father refused to let you travel on his ship because your long hair would get caught in the ropes? And so you cut it off? That is true. I had thought it might just be legend, Queen Elizabeth replied. But I am glad that it is true. Is it also true that your son rebelled against your wishes, and in return you attacked his castle and stole his cattle? A mother's love must be tough sometimes, replied Grace. He has never risen against my wishes since. A clever move, Queen Elizabeth replied, smiling. A heartbeat later, she added, I shall grant your request. Having met you, I am confident that as long as you live, you will be loyal to me and my crown. Grace left the English court feeling happy. She had saved the lives of her brother and son, and her family would be well off once more. By order of the Queen, Grace had protection, and she could live out her days in comfort, no longer worrying about Lord Bingham's vendetta against her. But Bingham still had a surprise in store. He was angry that the O'Malley men were going to be released, and he wanted some form of compensation in return. Without telling Queen Elizabeth, he sent troops to greet Grace on her return and stationed them on her land. This meant she was forced to feed them and put up with their looting and greedy demands. As the years passed, Grace grew increasingly poor, her supplies eaten up by the extra mouths to feed and so she relied on her cunning and intelligence once more. In 1595, Grace O'Malley petitioned Queen Elizabeth directly for the second time. Bingham fled out of fear and was eventually imprisoned, and Grace finally got to live her old age in peace. It is said that she died in 1603, the same year as Queen Elizabeth I, but did she stay true to her word and remain a loyal subject of the Queen? The last official mention of Grace was recorded in 1601, when a captain of an English warship did battle with a galley from Connacht, which he claimed had 30 oars, 100 good shot, and belonged to the much-loved and much-feared Pirate Queen, Grace O'Malley. <laughs> 